What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 301 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I am your host, Tony Mango, and this is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where we're going to be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and everything else that went down in the world of professional wrestling over the past couple of days. And the two other people that are going to be joining me on this panel, I've got Kaylin Ferris. Oh, I just burned myself. These tags are way too hot. Eh, it's a little bit lukewarm on my end. I started them a little bit earlier. They've kind of dissipated. But I got a microwave. There that you helps. Go. Should do a microwave hot uh, tags sometime. Just have like a picture of a microwave on the screen. <laughs> and just have like... <laughs> the entire fucking time. Also joining us, we've got Callum Wiggins. So I'm confused. What's got more heat? These tags or Baron Corbin? Oh! Ooh. That's a good little he transition. He went there. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that. Uh, there's a little bit more story about some potential when it comes to the heat for Baron Corbin and for Enzo Amore. And if you've been following these hot tags for the past, feels like two months now, three months, more than that. These two have been like the prime focal points as far as this dude's got heat backstage. Oh, well. And uh, now we're going to be told that as far as Enzo goes, that he has heat on the 205 Live roster for being the worst wrestler of the bunch and, and getting the most attention right yeah, now. Yeah, Kind of just uh, usurping a spot from people that deserve it a little bit more. Uh, I don't know about that necessarily, but with Baron Corbin, it seems like the reasoning, at least according to certain reports, which of course you have to take with a certain grain of salt, uh, his heat stems from a meeting that they all had with Dr. Joseph Maroon from the whole CTA concussion kind of uh, medical side of things where if I remember what the report said correctly and if I read into it right, he kind of said like, hey, fuck you, buddy. Concussions are real. And uh, I haven't seen the movie Concussion, but I'm assuming Baron Corbin just kept telling him, tell him the truth, tell it and stuff like that. And <laughs> it's probably hilarious. And I don't know why they would have given him heat for it, but. That's what it seems like the current story is when it comes to heat between the two. It's Enzo is sort of like, uh, I guess, a little bit of jealousy for certain people. And Baron Corbin is that he shouldn't have spoken up and he needs to learn when to speak up and when to shut his mouth, kind of. So what do you guys think about these two things? Any truth to it? You think it's bullshit? Justified? What's going on? Well, I can completely understand the Enzo situation. I mean, he was sort of shoehorned in there. The other guys were doing their thing, and then he kind of steals their spotlight in a lot of regards. And, yeah, he is definitely not among the top performers on that part of the roster. So I could understand them being upset with him. That makes total sense. Well, let's, uh, let's keep keep on that uh, track before we go into the Corbin thing. I don't think it's uh, something that people should really really be complaining about because it's like well if everybody else was doing a good enough job Enzo wouldn't be necessary and... that's one I was gonna say that's one thinking I think it's just a lot of people that are just bitching and moaning because they're not over yeah because yeah really mm-hmm. I mean I like 205 live I think that more people should be watching it because it is pretty much like an in-ring show and everybody always bitches and complains we don't get enough matches yet they don't want to watch the shows that are predominantly matches but I have to agree. I mean, even though I like a lot of these performers, not much of them actually have characters. Like, who is Noam Dar? 
other than a douche. And what and is the point? Guy who of, says Alicia Fox. And he doesn't even do that anymore because I know. Up. Yeah. Uh, who is Grand Metalik? A masked guy. Well, so is Lince Dorado. Well, so is Kalisto. So is Sin Cara. Like they have no personality. They're just a mask. So when you get somebody like a Cedric Alexander that I really, really like, I want him to be future champion, you know, different things like that. He even doesn't have really good promo skills. Enzo has the promo skills for this. He's isn't as entertaining in the ring. So they're bringing him into 205 Live not to be the go-to in-ring performer. They're doing that so he can cut some promos on Neville and lose at no mercy, you know? He's not winning that title. Oh, no. He serves that purpose. But, I mean, I don't think the fans or or the other people on the other parts of the roster should be upset. Uh, but I do understand why the other parts, the other guys who are on the 205 Live roster, the Cruiserweights, would be upset. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't I think it's a big deal. I mean, he's serving his purpose. You know, I completely understand why they put him there. I just don't think it'll last very long. Yeah, like I said, I don't I understand why they're upset. I don't think that justifies why they're upset. I think it's it's along the lines of Enzo has main roster credibility in terms of his ability to get the crowd invested in stories and get invested in promos that none of the other cruiserweights have managed to develop in the year or so that they've been part of WWE. It's just something that they're using to get more eyes onto it. It's definitely not going to improve the standard of matches, but as far as he's been doing at the moment, he's essentially cheating to win matches, Mm -hmm. which means he doesn't have to perform very well. He can just take shortcuts and win, but still remain a babyface, almost like an Eddie Guerrero type role in the cruiserweight division. But um, I would say if it if it shows that um, two hundred five live starts to get a lot more attention and viewership, I wouldn't be surprised if they put the title on him eventually. Has Enzo ever been a heel? He was when he started in NXT. Yeah, Enzo and Cass, Enzo and Cass were heels for a while in NXT. Yeah, I mean, they used 18. to come out and say the same exact thing that they did when they were baby faces, but they mm-hmm. just got booed for it. Eventually, yep. got over because in. Unlike in certain instances of WWE, when catchphrases and things get over, they start turning them babyface rather than just getting rid of the catchphrases. Or their names. I'm really exactly. surprised he's not just Enzo. Mm. Mm-hmm. I guess it's because of the catchphrase. Because if it was, my name is Enzo, and that's the end of it. <laughs> it already feels weird still that he doesn't do the, and this is here is big cast, and he's seven feet tall, and... I still want him to kind of do that. You know, I'm so in ingrained in having that come next that it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like if somebody said the star Wars movies are episode one, the Phantom Menace episode two, attack of the clones episode four, a new hope. And I'm like, wait, what? Like skipping mm-hmm. something here. I was still holding out for them to rejoin with Carmella, but eh, that might happen eventually. I think Cass will. I could see that. I'm thinking when Cass comes back, it's going to be a while since uh, until Cass comes back. Yeah, well, that sucks. A year almost, yeah. I'm thinking post WrestleMania, and that uh, sucks. If he comes back at a time where they do another superstar shakeup, I think they're going to be on the same brand. By that point, James Ellsworth will be gone uh, with Carmella. He's not going to stick around with Carmella. 
Well, they already kind of split, didn't they? they no, did, but well, they didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird situation. Like it's turning more into like a a dominant female taking on a like manipulating a, a weak man, which I guess is a nice turn turning fortunes is the way that it used to be. I still think that they're not going to last too long. I think that once Carmella wins that title, she's dropping Ellsworth. Yeah, I think that it was they'll split once she cashes in. Mm-hmm. But who knows and when that will be? I think that that might happen on Tuesday. Potential, potentially, potentially. Yeah. I wouldn't rule it out. I'm about like sixty percent leading that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually, after that, I think that Ellsworth will go two five live, and then people can bitch and complain and say that he's uh taking the spot too. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Baron Corbin, though, uh, with the heat on the whole concussion thing. That's something that I can buy into from a certain point of view where I could see people feeling like he overstepped his boundaries a little bit if that happened. But at the same time, I don't think that that should be cause enough, if it is true, that they should be like, all right, let's have him lose his money in the bank briefcase and let's have him lose to Cena and let's have him do this and do that and do that. I think that would be overreacting. Yeah, I don't see that being the primary cause for all these things. I mean, you hear a lot of stuff about what Baron Corbin says, what Baron Corbin does. Maybe it's a combination of things which have given him this backstage heat, which I still don't fully buy into. Do I think that he could have gotten some sort of hot water for mentioning that stuff backstage? Definitely, because even though WWE do have their wellness policy in place, people still bemoan the fact that it's not actually a real wellness policy thing and they're just more in the interest of covering their own backsides than actually protecting wrestlers um and Brian Corbin's a former football star so he understands how concussions work and how they can impact people's lives yeah I think there's more to it than that I I think it's there's not necessarily about his in about his uh you know what he's saying and doing but I think it's I think there's more to it that we don't know about them maybe having doubts about his in-ring performance and his ability to get over because I think they've kind of dropped the ball with him a bit. I think they could have booked him better and maybe they're having second thoughts. Yeah, that's what I'd be kind of thinking. I think that the reason he dropped the briefcase is because they realized they made a mistake by putting it on him in the first place. Yeah, I think that that's a good, good portion of that, if not the majority of it. And that's why I think he went straight into the U.S. title picture because they realized he needs the U.S. title more than he needs some, the WWE title. Then again, Jinder Mahal is still champion, so mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening with there. Um, hopefully, though, they sort it out. I think that we're going to look back on 2017 and we're going to look at this as a wash of a year. Yeah, that's what that's where I think it's leaning at the moment. Apart from a few like notable high points, like the rise of Braun Strowman and Jericho Owens, yeah, Undertaker's mm-hmm. retirement, stuff like that. I think a lot of it is like you know, I guess their version of of growing pains. You know, they're still kind of figuring stuff out from the roster split, which is you know still feel feels fairly recent, and then the super superstar shakeup and. Things are still sort of falling into place. They're not really, I don't know, it feels like they're still making it up as they go along. They haven't really figured out everybody's place in the roster yet. Look at something like the UK division. They started that in January, I think, February. 
Yeah, it was really early this year. And they haven't done shit with that. They've got five people that they've pretty much signed. Wolfgang, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, and Mark Andrews. And that's it. Nobody <laughs> else has really made any appearances. And they're not really signed anyway, because they're still wrestling in the UK most of the time anyway, so... Yeah, we never got a show for that. There's, like, no real firm foothold on the idea of, like, them bringing, was it IWE or... I forget the I, name of it. Uh, and uh, ICW. ICW. IC, yeah. And uh, that's, like, kind of a mess. It, it The May Young Classic took a little bit longer to get started than they really seemed like they intended to do. We've got problems with, like, John Cena's a free agent because they realize they don't want to keep him on a particular brand. A lot of problems this year, and I think that we're going to see a big shift in 2018 where they're going to make a lot of changes. Maybe not. Hopefully inside. they make those changes in the right direction this time. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. 2017. A lot of weird stuff going to be at the end of the year awards. Um, that's just random. Uh, switch over to this thing. Big Show is going to be undergoing hip surgery, and that's one of the reasons why they kind of wrote him off TV a little bit with that whole cage match with Braun Strowman. Which uh, at this point, I think I know Big Show has said before he is pretty much done. He said that WrestleMania was going to be his last. Mark Henry quietly retired. Like he's not going to wrestle anymore, I guess. That kind of sucks. So I'm hoping that's not going to be the same thing for Big Show, because I'd like to see him go out with like a, a real final match. But Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I enjoyed the match that he had in the cage with Braun Strowman. I thought that was good. Yeah, it's one of the best Big Show matches I've seen in the last five years or so. Mm-hmm. What would you guys like to see as Big Show's final match? Because we've had enough with Braun Strowman by now that I think that that kind of loses its luster. He's already beaten him a bunch of times. But that would have been my go-to thing. I think that's that's still my go-to thing. Yeah, I know I've seen it. I know I've seen it three times. But I want to see them fight for the Universal Championship, and I want that to be a retirement versus championship match. Mm-hmm. That'd be the way that I'd like officially pass the torch over to Braun Strowman. You're the new giant. You're the new big man around here. So you have to actually force me to retire. So I can't think of anyone else that is on, on that level. It would need to be another like giant athlete. And so the only person I could think of besides Braun Strowman would be Lars Sullivan in NXT. Possibly Big Big Cass if he wasn't injured. I think I think Big Show is phoning in the stuff with Big Cass really because I, I just don't yeah. think he sees the same thing as he sees in yeah. Braun Strowman. Oh, uh, there's even no comparison. Braun Strowman mm-hmm. is leaps and bounds above Big Cass. Yeah, Absolutely. But, and Big Show, I think, can recognize that. So in the, it would need to be someone that he also sees that in. What about Samoa Joe? That's a possibility. I could definitely see. It would, yeah, it would definitely have to be someone big, someone who's probably going to be a heel as well, because I think Big Show should retire as a babyface. Yeah, because he's going to cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And as far as the whole Mark Henry thing goes, quietly retiring, I mean, well, he kind of brought that upon himself with the whole boy who cried wolf thing. You know, no <laughs> one's going to believe him anymore if he says it. Yeah. Although that would be great if he came out and did the promo and then it was like nothing else happened. 
And then everybody's like, nah, that's bullshit. And then he comes out yeah. the next week and he's like, no, I'm legitimately tired. And they're like, ah, oh, okay, this is going to build a storyline. And he's like, no, guys, <laughs> like, look, I, here, I'm going to put the salmon uh, jacket away. I'm retired. I'm done here. I, I literally am signing a contract on screen. And people will be like, bullshit contract. <laughs> He'll be uh, on his deathbed eventually. And they'll be like. You know, unfortunate story. Mark Henry, uh, he's not looking too well. People will be like, eh, he's still got a lot left in the tank. <laughs> it's a work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to go into like the Hall of Fame and afterwards and just whoever's inducted him, just lift him up, hit him with a world strongest fan, slam and just say, oh, now I've turned the Hall of Fame into the Hall of Pain. <laughs> and then just come there, and then he just starts another run. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be down for it. I love Mark Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Big Show too for that matter and the only other alternative I can think of is that he goes out in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal because it is the namesake that kind of brought him to the game yeah he came in mm-hmm. as fake Andre the Giant's son so if they bring him in as like where he goes like okay I need to put that uh as my priority i'm entering the andre the giant memorial battle royal again because i've won it before i'm the representation of this that next big guy has to be able to go through me mm-hmm. and hopefully they don't do some fucking stupid with like mojo raleigh winning it again mm-hmm. uh and then maybe I mean, that's I- even where braun Strowman gets factored in next year i mean maybe they are gonna crap the bed when it comes to that because we know we're not getting braun brock they're already doing that at no mercy we're getting Roman Reigns Brock as a guarantee. And it looks like there's a possibility we might get Cena Undertaker or Cena Joe. So that kind of takes some big names out of the equation that could retire Big Show. Braun Strowman, I think, could end up being the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. And it could be down to those two. And they just, like, the two of them beat the shit out of everybody. And then it becomes like a normal match, kind of. I could see that happening. Either it's way, a possibility. he's not going to be doing anything for a little while because he's having hip surgery. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the hip surgery is like it's it's close to a career ender type of surgery. You can definitely go wrong. Well, as far as I'm aware, it's not supposed to be something like Undertaker's. Oh right, it's like a minor hip surgery. Okay, so, well, that that's slightly better then. Yeah, it's not like hip replacement or like like something that like Hogan went through. Not that bad, but it's probably something along the lines of, like, his hip's been bothering him, and they need to kind of, like, I mean, I'm not a medical professional, but I remember hearing something before about, like, shaving a bone or something like that, or, like, when you get, like, you know, bone chips or something, like, maybe it's something like that, or maybe it's just kind of, like, swelling, or, I don't know, but... There wasn't anything that I had read at the very least that said that it's this was like, oh, okay, he's going in for the hip sh- surgery that'll keep him out for a year. It's probably a couple months, but he should be okay for WrestleMania. And that could actually be the end of the like run. It could be he takes a couple of months to heal up, and then when he comes back, that's his last push. Could be. Uh, let's see what we got going on here. Pick a number between one and five. Twelve, uh, six, one and five. I'll go f- two. I'll go all four. Right. Let's go. With, uh, <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll actually uh, we'll do it's two. Trying to be we'll difficult. <laughs> all right. All right. So second one that I had listed here, 
Uh, let's talk about the commentary situation that's going on at WWE. JBL, we touched upon this last week with the 300th episode, but JBL has left the SmackDown commentary team. He has officially been replaced by Corey Graves. And Not TJ Perkins. God. Yeah, huh. nothing happened with TJ Perkins. So where was that all about? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, instead, replacing Corey Graves on 205 Live and also going up on main event is Nigel McGuinness. So our current commentary teams right now, Corey Graves, Michael Cole, and Booker T on Raw, Corey Graves, JB, uh, Corey Graves, JBL, Corey Graves, Byron Saxton, and Tom Phillips on SmackDown, Nigel McGuinness and Vic Joseph on 205 Live, and Nigel McGuinness and, actually, I'm not sure who is on main event, because who the fuck watches main event? Probably uh, Vic not, Joseph. Not me. No. And NXT, of course, Percy Watson, Nigel McGuinness, and uh, Mar Ronaldo. So no TJ Perkins and Jerry Lawler talked about the possibility of him coming back. And he essentially said, if I'm going to get paid the same way that I used to, then yeah, sure. If not, then probably not. Uh, but I'm not expecting JBL to come back. And now we've actually been able to see a couple episodes. Well, all eight episodes. If you've binge watched them of the May Young classic where we had Jim Ross and Lita and uh, basically, what what are you guys thinking about the commentary teams going on right now? I'm confident that this is a pretty decent group for the most part, but I still think that there's quite a bit of tweaks that we need to do. Uh, the teams are okay. I wouldn't say they're particularly great. There's some great people on it. I think uh, Corey Graves is an excellent commentator, especially in a kind of snidey heel role. Michael Cole is hugely underrated for his contributions as a commentator. Especially how I he do... says WWE. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um I I don't mind Nigel McGuinness as much as a lot of people seem to. I think he his passion seems a little bit forced, but I think it's necessary when there's quite a lot of people that do commentary nowadays that just don't put a lot of emphasis into it. Um I'm Definitely happy that JBL is not on SmackDown anymore. I do have an issue with Corey Graves being the one to replace him, not because of Corey Graves not being great at his job, because he is, but it's just another thing blurring the lines between Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's supposed to be competing brands, right? Whatever happened to that, you know, head-to-head competition, and you got the same guy commenting on both shows. That seems a little like a conflict of interest to me. I mean, in, in a kayfabe sense. I mean, I totally get it. I, I enjoy his commentary. I do think he kind of plays up the the heel aspect of it a little too much sometimes, which is kind of annoying because you can kind of tread that line there. But I think sometimes he steps over it. But I don't know. I, I enjoy him, but I think it's weird that he's on both shows. That was one point I was going to bring up. Yeah. I think he's a better fit almost on SmackDown because he has he seems to have more rapport with um, Tom Tyler Phillips. Byron. Yeah, Tom mm-hmm. and Byron. He's done. He obviously likes to goad Byron quite a lot, and he's worked with Tom Phillips through NXT and into SmackDown now as well. So, but it's not like he's not doing a bad job on Raw because he's doing a very good job there. But mm-hmm. um, I look at SmackDown as that next step because for a while now, even when Mar Ronaldo first came in and everybody was gushing over him, I was saying, you know, Tom Phillips strikes me as a lot more in the Michael Cole vein than Mar Ronaldo does. Mm-hmm. And everybody has like their guy. It's like Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. 
Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler. Corey Graves and uh, Tom Phillips, to me, are kind of the next one after JBL and Cole, to me. Graves has a good rapport with quite a bit of people, but he seems more comfortable to me when he's around Tom. And mm-hmm. kind of the same with Byron. Like, Byron Saxton is the guy that they pick on. Tom Phillips is the play-by-play, and Corey Graves is the color commentator. And that seems to work out pretty well for me. What sucks, though, is I, I don't like McGinnis. And I think no. that Vic Joseph is kind of bland. He's not bad, but he's bland. So when you put somebody bland like Nigel and another guy that's bland, 205 Live is boring as shit to listen to now. Could we kind of want somebody like um, like a Booker T in the mix. Um, I play that part, though. That's the thing. Because like, I don't want too much Booker. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I would say potentially, depending on what his status is now, with seemingly Titus Worldwide almost dead, I'd, I'd put Titus O'Neill as a commentator. You know, it might not be a bad idea. I could see that. Yeah. He's progressed he, pretty well. Yeah, he's got a lot more charisma. He's not as um, like forced as he used to be with his mm-hmm. humor and stuff like that. He seems to have a bit more of a grasp of what how to talk and present himself. I still miss Matt Stryker, too. Yeah, I don't think if you were watching any of Lucha Underground, you wouldn't miss him as much. <laughs> he's he's so annoying. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, he's he clearly understands wrestling so much, but it's the fact that he wants to hammer home how much he understands about wrestling. <laughs> it takes away from the actual wrestling that you're supposed to be watching. But um, can we all agree at least that Percy Watson is the biggest waste of space out of any of the commentators? <laughs> <laughs> Now that David Otunga is not on there, yeah. 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 Percy is very much like, I'm not going to say anything unless somebody cues me up, and then I'm just going to answer the question. Yeah. Like, some Mario will be like, talking for, I don't know, three minutes straight, and then he'll be like, what do you think about that, Percy? Like, fucking say something, dude. And Percy will be like, oh, it's great. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he's like, taking a step from uh, Yoshitatsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I liked Percy Watson in NXT. I thought that he had an upside to him that they didn't cash in on, but he is not a commentator. That dude could be a manager, I think. Not a commentator. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move to, what was it, four? Yeah, let's go to four. Chris Masters is getting into a little bit of heat with some fans. It's kind of blown uh, over by now, but something that happened throughout the week. This all started with Sasha Banks giving an interview, and in the interview she's talking about the whole idea of giving out autographs and taking pictures and stuff, and what she said essentially boiled down to, it's great to have fans and it's, you know, awesome to meet people and stuff, but it's really fucking annoying when people come up to you at different times and it's a little stalkerish when they know where you're going to be flying in at or they pop up at like a hotel and they've got a bunch of stuff to get signed and you didn't even let anybody know that you were flying into that hotel and like that it's kind of creepy. And Chris Masters kind of called her out and said, you're being a diva and, you know, you are nothing without the fans and stuff. And other people are bringing out the idea that, like, well, Chris Masters didn't say the same thing when Seth Rollins mentioned basically the same thing in an interview, kind of calling it sexist and stuff. So, from my point of view, 
uh, I don't think that this is a sexist thing. I think Chris Masters probably wasn't paying attention to the Seth Rollins storyline or the storyline, Seth Rollins interview, and he just happened to come across the Sasha Banks thing and felt he needed to chime in. I don't think he purposely ignored Seth Rollins and just called out Sasha Banks. And I can understand what his point of view is, but at the same time, I have to back up Sasha Banks more than anybody because it is true. You're nobody without the fans. And I forget who it was, but somebody mentioned the idea of when you have all those fans, it's like you hate it. But then once you stop having the fans, you wish that you still had them. So I can understand that philosophy. But at the same time, it's fucking creepy to have people know where the hell you are all the time. And to come up to you and think that they're entitled to have like pictures and stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, that's what you deal with with the general public. You get these people who think that because I watch you on TV every week, you owe me something. Mm -hmm. We have a special connection. It's like, I appreciate you watching me, but I don't fucking owe you anything. Yeah. You know, and some people just personal connection. Yeah. They have this, I don't know, delusion, I guess, that that there's some sort of connection there that isn't really there. They're not your friends. They're people who are entertaining you. Yeah. Just because so, they are familiar to you doesn't mean that you're familiar to them. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, it was Bully Ray who commented as well on this, basically saying that um, you shouldn't worry when fans are queuing at the airport at three o'clock in the morning to see you. You should worry when they're not there at three o'clock in the morning to that, see that's you. That's what I was thinking of then. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, which I understand. I understand that that um, certain wrestlers react to fans differently that they're okay with signing anything at any hour of the day or whatever and that's just a different personality thing i don't um criticize sasha banks if she's not that type of personality or she or she wants to have a little bit more like freedom associated to or just to not have to deal with the public every hour every day so yeah i've seen bad santa i have yeah do you remember that part where the kid comes up to him when he's eating and they're just like, hi, like Santa, whatever. And he's like, I'm on my fucking lunch break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I imagine that's how I would be if I were in that kind of space where somebody would come up and, you know, I'd be eating something or I'd be kind of like tired and just came in from a flight and they'd be like, hey, can I get a picture? I'd be like, fuck you. I'm fucking tired. Like, you know. But I think it's also something... I, I mentioned before I, that I don't think Masters in this capacity is being sexist, but I also think that there is something to address when it comes to the idea that it's different for a woman in that kind of a role than it is for a man. There's a lot higher level of creepiness when it comes to women. You get stalker people that think that they're in love with you, and I mean, it happens to the men too, but not nearly as often. Mm-hmm. And you get like these, I wouldn't be shocked at all if like Sasha Banks has a story of some dude following her around and her feeling like he was going to be all like rapey, you know? Don't think that Chris Masters would be feeling the same thing. He's probably fucking the ring rats, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if Chris Masters is really the best person to be commenting on this sort of thing, because when a fan's ever been queuing at three o'clock in the morning to see him do anything... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not not to criticize him for it too much, but like he's never been a star of the magnitude that Sasha Banks is. Yeah. So 
really is he in the best position to say, oh, yeah, well, you should be more respectful because the fans pay your thing when he's just he can walk from any airport that he wants to and, not, and very few people are going to recognize him. It's a shame that Sasha can't kind of like pass some of these fans along to somebody like Virgil or Marty Gennetti. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure they could use it. It's just the thing, though, you know, just biologically with even though the women on the roster are muscular and built and can defend themselves, it's still much easier for, you know, the average man on the WWE roster to defend themselves against a male attacker, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just yeah, like, biologically, you, you know. You don't need to be uh, condescending to say if somebody like a Chris Masters gets into a fight with somebody like a Sasha Banks, I wonder who's winning. Right, <laughs> you know? yeah. So that's that's definitely something that has to be factored in. And I think that it's kind of one of those things where people are shitting on Masters a little bit more than they should. But he probably shouldn't have even bothered saying anything to begin with, you know? Yeah, he, he didn't need to get involved. Nah, in it situation. doesn't concern him, really. No, he's just, just kind of chiming in for the sake of chiming in. It's a, a, a blatant attempt to uh, gaining some notoriety of someone who's so much more popular and well-known. I was going to say, kind of leeching off the uh, relevance, you know. That's what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll take it. Uh, let's see. Let's go with um, Donovan Dijak. Is Dijak or Dijak? I think it's Dijak. Dijak, yeah. From ROH has signed with WWE. Do you guys know anything about him? Um, nope. I know a few bits and pieces. Um, he's been away from Ring of Honor for quite a while. As if, as far as I can recall, I think he left Ring of Honor in about it was sometime last year. But um, he's been floating around the independent circuit. It was rumored that he was going to be joining WWE for quite a while. The um, last I heard of him, he was at the um, the Battle of Los Angeles for Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, and he had this. I was listening to like Dave Meltzer talking about how he had this amazing match with uh, Keith Lee, who's another big star on the independent scene on that show but um other than that he's like six foot six i think he's 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 someone who's in like the mcmahon mold more than the like people that are usually coming through nxt mold he kind of struck me as like a mark jindrak he is i've always thought he, he was quite generic and he seemed to be in ring of honor as someone who they would push whether he was good in the ring or not Hmm. But he he has developed quite well, but um, it'd be interesting to see how how he adjusts to NXT because he's not, he's definitely not as well known or has the fanfare surrounding him as a lot of the Ring of Honor people that have gone to the uh, the promotion recently. So, Kaylin, you don't know anything about him, but you are on the hot seat now. Future world champion or not? <laughs> uh, I would say no. I don't even know what he looks like, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> Just based on the name. Oh, we know that that'll change. He'll be done. Of course. <laughs> you can't have last names. Yeah, he doesn't have the um he doesn't have the sway of an like an Austin Aries or a Adam Cole to keep his name. He will have his name changed. <laughs> uh a little news that's uh, on the happy side of things. Gentleman Jack Alher gets married uh, earlier today or yesterday or so to Clara Sinclair, which I feel bad that their uh, her parents named her basically the same name twice, hmm. aka Alexis Rose. 
So congrats. Awesome. Hooray. Yay. It's good I'm wondering if the positive ones. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if William the Umbrella was his best man. <laughs> you know, like they give like party favors and stuff like that at different parties or different like weddings and such. One of uh, the weddings that I go into, one of the more recent ones, a friend of mine, uh, each table had their own little umbrella thing. So I hope that that's the case with William. <laughs> Everybody's got their own William. Uh, let's see about Batista is being thrown around as a potential headliner for the next class of the Hall of Fame in 2018. I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah, New Orleans, the last time he was at WrestleMania in a competitive role. Does seem to fit, especially if they can't get certain other people. I mean, I'd be surprised if he was the first person on their mind to headline the most recent one, but if they start whittling it down, then Batista's probably quite high up there. I gotta imagine they might be looking at this as like, if we can do The Rock this year, let's do The Rock. If not, then Batista's a Hollywood star, let's do him. Yeah, seems like doing it. A, a mm-hmm. big amount of like pushes when it comes to Hollywood. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy really put him on the map, and then he went into uh, Spectre, then he's got the Blade Runner spot now. So, he's becoming more and more of a household name. Yeah, he's definitely making the transition into from wrestler into actor now. My only concern would be if he wanted to, is if he wanted to join the Hall of Fame because he's very been very outspoken in the past about the way that WWE is booking itself booking right now, mm-hmm. and he's always been very outspoken and critical, and he will speak his mind if he thinks that something's not right in the way that WWE is presenting itself right now. So I think that that's going to be more of a criticism of that he doesn't want to rejoin WWE. Yeah, but a Hall of Fame, I think that's a different story. Because then it's just a couple appearances. It's solidification of your career. It's kind of like putting a cap at the end of it. He could return in the future, but I think that he more so is just like, yeah, I have no interest in wrestling again. Sounds about right. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll. Probably, I don't think we'll see him in the ring again. Or if we do, it'll just be a one-off. Yeah. No, I think he's he's doing much better now. So more power and success to him. And we got one more hot tag before we get into the big central idea. And that's uh, that Monday Night Raw is going to be live on both Christmas night and New Year's Eve this year. And from some other reports, this wasn't their call. This was USA's. So we're getting people that are saying mostly from what I've been hearing at the very least. It doesn't seem like anybody's happy about this. Well, not New. I have to correct you. Not New Year's Eve, but New Year's Day, right? Would be raw. Yeah. Yeah. A week between. Oh, okay. That it's not New Year's Eve this year. No, it's no, it's Christmas Day. Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, Christmas. But Day, still, Day. still, it's you yeah. know two holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of shitty for the performers. I mean, I think the fans would be understanding if there weren't shows that day, those days. You know, like, like, you know, it's often been said that they don't have an off season. You know, let them have two weeks off in a row, though. Let that be their vacation. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I can't imagine that they'd be missing that much money 
you know, relatively to what they make just by giving their performers a little bit of time off. It's not like the fans are going to be demanding this. Uh, people have got enough stuff going on at that time. You know, I'm going to be doing family stuff and stuff with friends and holiday stuff. So I'll probably catch some of it. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it live. Probably not. Yeah. But the fans aren't going to be as uh, tuning in as much mm-hmm. and give the fucking performers some time with their families. It's yeah. Two holidays in a row. Like, what are you going to do now? You're going to do a Thanksgiving special too. Like, Yeah. They usually do I mean, Thanksgiving. If it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's along the lines of it's going to be a show that very few people are going to watch because it's Christmas Day, so you're going to be busy all throughout the day. You're going to have family over or whatever, and so people aren't going to be too interested in watching it live. The wrestlers aren't going to be happy to be performing on it because they're going to be away from their families. The show's going to be terrible because it's a Christmas special and all yeah, Christmas yep. WWE specials are terrible. That's what I was going to bring up. The writers aren't going to put any effort into it. The yeah, talent's not going to put any effort into it. Like Never really crew. any storyline progression during the yeah. holiday shows. And the ring crew's not going to be up to scratch either because they're going to be. They're, I mean, they're not even going to be ones that are going to be paid heavily to do mm-hmm. this because they're the ones that just be setting up the ring. And I, mean, I imagine if you've been booked on that show and you're involved in like a two minute segment and then you're just done for the night. I mean, why would you bother showing up or giving any effort for it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the kind of news they change their mind about this. I kind of hope that yeah. maybe there's some sort of compromise that they can do where they can like maybe film some stuff ahead of time and present it as like somewhat live, even though it isn't. And like, I don't know whether don't just do like an end of year special like they would normally do, like just show clips of Best of yeah. Raw 2017 or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. You know it's what? Shit, a- take advantage of the situation and do something like. What they did with the, what was it, the uh, snowstorm, where they had, like, a couple people hanging around the WWE offices. Do something like that. See how many people would, would tune in to watch it, you know? Yeah. I, I enjoyed that special. People. I thought that was good with the interviews and stuff, yeah. Yeah. I think the New Year's Day one might be more entertaining because I imagine quite a few of the wrestlers will be pretty hungover after last year's, after last night's event. Oh, that'd be even better. Let them drink their asses off and then cut promos. <laughs> yeah, it like just Skype them in, you know. Yeah, you're pretty cool. Imagine uh, like Enzo's promo when he's all fucking. He still stinks of the strippers from the night before and stuff. Yeah. My name is Enzo Mori, and fuck you. <laughs> I don't need your shit. Fuck you. I don't have heat. You have heat. <laughs> I got ten dollars on me. I'll make it rain. Uh, let's talk about the biggest topic though to round us out here. This is, uh, like, uh, all right. You know, by the thumbnail, you know, by the title, we're talking about global force wrestling. So done with the WWE talk. And when we're going to talk about global force wrestling, it's the same as when we would always talk about TNA. It's a fucking mess. Mm -hmm. All they changed is the name of something. So, this is basically the roundup of what's been happening the past week. Jeff Jarrett was announced to be taking an indefinite leave of absence for personal matters. The direct quote says, Effective immediately, Jeff Jarrett is taking an indefinite leave of absence from his position as chief creative officer to focus on personal matters. Jeff will be available on a consultative consultative basis as needed. After that, He's been tweeting some stuff about, like, oh, I'm so excited about the future and all these business opportunities and stuff. 
which doesn't seem as much like a personal matters type thing. But we'll put a pin in that. Then there's a story that comes out that Anthem is, quote, hemorrhaging money and that they're looking to sell Impact and get out of the wrestling business entirely. Then, kind of out of the blue, we get this all sort of random announcement of the Global Wrestling Network, which is a 24-hour tape library that people can have access to online, that Impact is going to be having a channel on Pluto TV, some 24-hour live feed thing, an extension with Pop TV, and that they are working on distribution deals to bring Impact back to Austria, Switzerland, and Germany. Of course, afterward, now we're getting stories that are saying the whole reason that they announced this is because they're trying to spin the story and not have people pay attention to all the negative stuff, and that some of this stuff was already in the works before, and some of the stuff is... Their idea was digital expansion initiatives, not that they've fully figured out everything. So some of this might be utter bullshit, too. So... (laughs) Things aren't looking good for Impact. <laughs> when was the last time they were? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2000 and... Right? Something? I think <laughs> I think it was the day Kurt Angle joined, and then it's all been all downhill since then. Mm-hmm. Back when Christian was champion? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. Remember Christian? Oh, it's Christian. Good old Christian Cage. It's it's a, a huge disaster, as you would expect. With It's just the different people now. Now you don't blame Dixie Carter. Now you look to the Anthem people. Um, if GFW is hemorrhaging money, I'm not too shocked about that. They've tried to implement a lot of changes to the show, changes to the format. They've brought in some a lot of new talent. Again, they've released quite a lot recently as well, but they're bringing in new people as well. They're taking time to bed in and get over. I would say that the show itself, like from what I've seen of a few episodes of GFW, isn't that bad. There's a lot of stuff to like about it. There's a lot of stuff that's quite like meh, some stuff that's bad. But overall, it's just your standard typical wrestling show. It's definitely not in the low levels that it used to be around about 2011, 2012. Yeah, I'm not, shit, I'm not shitting on the performers necessarily. No. I'm, I'm, it's just they don't know how to run the company. So it's it's gone from trash to a dumpster fire to that dumpster being pushed over a cliff, kind of falling down how Homer did when he was trying to jump Springfield Gorge <laughs> and he's hitting everything on the way down. Uh, but I mean, it, it's, a, it's a shame because they have a lot of talent there, but they just don't seem to know how to manage their money. I just don't see how they think they could change if they are hemorrhaging money what can they introduce that would change that because they're on a tv network that gets less viewers than they ever had before so they're not getting any sort of revenue coming from that they don't even do pay-per-views anymore so they're not getting any money off of that i don't believe i mean i don't even know if their last pay-per-view was actually a real pay-per-view or just something that they call the pay-per-view and put on free TV. Yeah, because they do kind of classify a lot of things as like one night only special. Mm-hmm. They only get like attendances of about two to three hundred per show, per tapings, if they're lucky. So they're not getting anything out of that. 
their advertising is going to be low because again they're on a television network that doesn't get a lot of viewers in general the other things are just really nothing that's going right for them even if the only thing that could potentially be going right is the fact that they've got some decent performers and have put some decent storylines together but in terms of like a management standpoint they've just as big a disaster as they've always been it seems and of course some people are already betching and going like this is completely untrue and uh sports illustrated that broke pretty much the story about the anthem with the money that that's unfounded and that they shouldn't have reported that because it's not the case and why would they be doing all these initiatives and these expansion things if that was something that was like that they had the money for it but I don't know I mean I I kind of buy more into the idea that they're hemorrhaging the money than that that this is a good thing because it's a little too convenient that Jeff Jarrett is leaving in some capacity whatever it is but doesn't seem too upset about things. And that Anthem wants to sell is a story. And then they just go, no, 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 no. We've got a whole bunch of these things happening. We've got this fake WWE network and then this other fake WWE network. And we're also going to be back on TV in these roles. So don't worry, guys. That has to be them spinning it just to kind of try to keep investors and this global wrestling network thing, the, the tape library, they're trying to push that, it seems, as being like an alternative to the WWE network, but it's no comparison. It's not, not the live thing. The live thing's the Pluto TV thing, and whatever, I can't imagine that being worth a damn, or earning them a lot of money. So the, I mean, if it, was, if, it was, if it was Neptune TV, I'd be a bit more interested, but it's Pluto, so... Yeah, well, Pluto's not even a planet anymore. Exactly. So fuck that. Uh, but yeah, the the network thing. It's like okay, it's good that they have a network for people to be able to like log into and just check any matches that they would want to at any time. If you're a fan of Global Force Wrestling and you like TNA from the past and you want to just kind of go, oh, I'd like to see that Christopher Daniels match from 2008, then cool. You know, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not gonna if WWE Network doesn't earn them as much money as they need, this isn't gonna earn them shit. There can't be that many people that would sign up for it. No. I haven't said whether or not it's like free or if it's, you know, nine ninety nine a month. But even if it's free, I can't imagine a lot of people doing that. No, def- definitely not. The, the interesting thing about well, TNA or GFW, the way you'd look at it, because obviously a lot of the stuff that would be on the library would be back when they were TNA. Is that um, that's really the only thing of value left in the company is their tape library. Mm-hmm. It's the only mm-hmm. thing that that WWE, if they were to eventually come in and try and buy, that's the only thing they'd be interested in. It's not even like WCW where there were the contracts. These people yeah. have stable enough contracts that WWE wouldn't have to buy these people out. They could take any, you know, Eli Drake, EC3. Any of these people that they really like, they can easily just go like, "Hey, you guys want to fucking come to the WWE?" They'd be like, "Okay," you know. Mm-hmm. So that cheap yeah. library is it. Yeah, and that can't be worth a lot still. Anyway, that would probably be they'd probably fetch a couple of million for that, but um, it can't be any more worth any more to WWE than that. No, because essentially it would just be used in video packages to hype up. AJ Styles or Samoa Joe matches or something yeah. along those lines. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's it. That's all they've got really as like a bartering chip. And with Jeff Jarrett leaving now, if Anthem wants to leave and Jeff Jarrett leaves, who the fuck is in charge? Jim Cornette now? Like, is he like, <laughs> legitimately in charge now? And I wonder what he's thinking now that he just rejoined and probably a lot of people were questioning why he would go back to TNA after. Like, I keep saying TNA because it just feels that same bit of taste when you talk about it. But why It's harder to say would... GFW too. Yeah. <laughs> well, why would he join GFW? There must have been something positive going the right way. And now it comes out that the parent company actually wants to sell or they're worried about how much money they're wasting trying to put all these new initiatives in and he's damaged his own credibility by going back to that and not making any real difference. I mean, they're, they're signing people like, like uh, John Morrison's now in GFW and Johnny impact with Johnny impact. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they're signing. A lot, they're trying to sign a lot of people from Lucha underground now that they're done filming. And apparently a lot of people from, Lucha Underground don't exactly want to go back there, but they're not on, on the radar of WWE, so they kind of have to go somewhere else, and it's either there or Ring of Honor. And so I understand why they would want to go to GFW. The, the program itself is fine. It's just they need to have some stable management, but the the brand is becoming more and more tainted every single passing week or month or year. So it's hard to find investors that are willing to stake a claim on something which has such a terrible track record. Well, what do you guys think is happening with Jeff Jarrett with this? I wouldn't want to speculate if it is something that's actually personal. I mean, there's there's enough of an argument and like history in the past of people taking sabbaticals from creative teams or from booking committees for personal reasons when they're actually just being forced out of the company. That's what I was thinking too. You know, it's not, maybe it's one of those, well, why don't you just quit or take time off so that we don't end up firing you kind of a thing. Which seems really weird because it's his brand. Jeff is his. And Obviously, Anthem have bought into it, but and he was meant to be coming in as their new like head of creative almost, and he's just gotten immediately after less than a few months in that role, if if that. What and, strikes me as odd is that he, like, uh, well, for people that follow like the movie industry, we've got Justice League coming out in a couple of months. And Zack Snyder, who made Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and worked in a an executive producer capacity for Wonder Woman and like, you know, kind of was sort of the figurehead of the DCEU, he was working on Justice League and eventually his daughter committed suicide. So he left the movie and Joss Whedon came in. Joss Whedon has replaced him in a lot of different capacities and he's actually rechanged enough of the script by now that they're crediting him as like a co-director and a co-writer. Mm-hmm. So he left for personal matters as like my family's fucking crippled. My daughter killed herself and we need, I can't just be making a fucking movie. I got to deal with that, which sucks. It's terrible. Jeff Jarrett saying personal matters and stuff. And then tweeting afterward about like, Hey, you know, like life is great. We got a lot of business opportunities coming up and you got to follow your passions and all this other kind of stuff. 
that doesn't strike me as like a tragedy. Like he's got some kind of family issues or that he's got something like a divorce that he's going through or like, it's weird that this would be happening right after this sell and switch over to GFW just happened. Mm-hmm. So it can't be that they decided to renege on the contract and stuff. Like they wouldn't have just never signed the contract a couple of months ago to begin with. They just bought new titles. They just switched everything over to GFW to begin with. And like you said, that's Jeff Jarrett's thing. So if Anthem wants out, then Anthem should want out and Jeff Jarrett should be fine. If they want Jeff Jarrett out, he can't be out of his own company. Then they would split the GFW. And if that's the case, they shouldn't have done the whole GFW thing to begin with. And then what are we going to go back to TNA again? And this whole thing just seems so fucking strange to me. It doesn't make any sense. I think that line kind of sums up all of the situation. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they clearly bought in something that they weren't too sure about how much it was actually going to cost them. And now they're getting cold feet about the whole thing. Either way, I don't think this is going to be that death knell. Everybody always does that, and they fucking stick around. They're like cockroaches. No, we always think, well, this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back finally. And somehow the camel keeps crawling on. Mm. Instead of an owl, it should have been a camel. (laughs) Maybe that's uh, the big change that they're doing. Yeah, that's where they're wasting all their money trying to choose the right animal to represent them. It's going to be a different kind of menagerie. But there's the hot tag for the week, everybody, as far as Friday afternoon goes. Uh, if anything else happens or whatever, make sure to drop them in the comments below and tell us what your thoughts are as well for these different topics in the comments, and we'll try to chime in and see what's happening and stuff like that. Uh, if you're wondering why we're doing this kind of later on in the week, it's kind of twofold. One of them is because we did the 300th episode a little bit later than normal. We did it on uh, Saturday. So needed a little bit of time to kind of just, you know, recalibrate. And since I'm not doing the rest hold anymore, I'm still trying to figure out how to incorporate certain elements. So that's why you're not going to get a did you know for this week and why there's no smart my words and there's no ask him and uh, the main event, technically, of this week is going to be Tuesday. That's going to be the May Young Classic post-show, where myself and whoever is able to join me at the time uh, will decide to break down the tournament, talk about everything. And if it ends up being a scenario where nobody's able to join me and stuff like that, I might push that into Wednesday, and we can record that Wednesday and sort of do that in the middle of the day and kind of just wait a little bit when it comes to that. But um, that's... Kind of why I reshuffled the deck a little bit. And going forward, that might sort of be how we do things. I might be a little bit more along the lines of the main event and then the hot tags instead of the hot tags and then the main event. So I want you to tell me what you think about that. If you would rather see it stay the way that it was or if you're okay with doing like on like a Wednesday, say we do our breakdown of whatever our main event is. And then on a Friday, we kind of recap the stories throughout the week. Possibly. I don't know. We'll have to test this out. But... In the meantime, that is the next thing that you're going to be hearing from us is that May Young Classic Tournament Finals, unless something crazy happens, because I will try to do a little bit more of those small packages in the future if I can kind of figure that out. And uh, to make sure that you get all those notifications and stuff like that, ring that little bell, 
and click off that you want the notifications. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Obviously, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done that already. And uh, keep checking out smartcountmoment.com because you will get notifications when those posts come up and stuff like that too. But those are my plugs. We have two other people here that are going to be doing some plugs. So, Callum, go for it. Oh, okay. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14 and you can check out Smartcount Moment for a lot of articles that are coming out. We're working on quite a few bits and pieces at the moment. Uh, We're going to be putting out a scouting talent on May Young Classic competitors, which I'm working on with a few other writers, uh, Gabby Velasquez, uh, Jordan Shafiot. I I feel bad because I'm I'm not so sure about the pronunciations of some some names. You need to hire people with easier names to pronounce. It's Gabby. (laughs) Gabby. (laughs) (laughs) And Robert DiFelice. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we're working on stuff, um, triple fr- triple threats, power rankings, women's wrestling weekly, battle of the brands, all all that good stuff. Just uh, check a it out. Future installment of porn star or wrestler. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> might have to save that for the um, the mega maniacs, but uh, <laughs> definitely in the pipeline. So check out all the good stuff on there, Galen. Yes, I am going to be appearing along with Northwest Ohio Wrestling several times this year, but tomorrow we actually have two shows back to back. We have, we're doing two charity shows. Uh, one's at noon, one's at six o'clock. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come check that out. If you're in the Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, or Indiana area, or if you want to drive real far or fly and check us out on Facebook at Northwest Ohio wrestling. Lots of good fun stuff coming up this year. You still got to get on them to, to get in touch with me about having a website. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good idea. Are you guys going to be performing on Christmas Day? (laughs) (laughs) Not this year. All righty, everybody. Hit that subscribe button, as I mentioned before, and stay tuned for all the stuff coming your way. And thanks for listening. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out. Ah!